are listening to the weekly message at Woods Chapel Blue Springs, where it doesn't matter who you are or where you are coming from, everyone is included, accepted, and loved. For more information, please visit us at woodschapelbluesprings.org. Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. Be with me through the night and wake me with the morning light. Forgive me for my sins. Amen. That was a prayer that I learned as a very small child and said without fail every single night. I remember saying that prayer when I was tiny and my mom would tuck me into bed. I remember saying that prayer as a teenager with my bedroom full of cassette tapes and banana clips and Jordache jeans. I remember saying that prayer when I climbed into my bunk bed in my dorm room for my first night of my freshman year of college. That prayer was one that I said without fail. Obviously, I was slightly superstitious, but I believed that I needed to say it or I might not wake up the next morning or my sins might not be forgiven. And I think that prayer illustrates how I viewed God. I viewed God in a very limited way, in a way that met my needs, that made me feel safe and secure. My God was too small. Good morning. My name is Amy Bartlett. I'm the executive director here at Woods Chapel Blue Springs, and I want to welcome you to our first worship service of 2021. I think we're all excited to usher in a new year, a year that feels full of hope and possibility. Now, real quick, before we get started, if you are new, I want to invite you to introduce yourself. Maybe you've been watching for a few weeks. Maybe today is your first time. We would love to meet you, learn more about you, and introduce you to our community here. You can comment in the comments this morning. You can also text this number, 816-608-6270, and and just say hello. So we're starting a new sermon series this morning called, Your God is to fill in the blank. We all have our own ideas and thoughts and perceptions about God. Each of us has experiences that has shaped how we view God, and we all have our own lens through which we view God. And we're going to be talking about that over the next few weeks. Today, we're talking about this idea that your God is too small. And then over the next few weeks, we're going to be talking about the statements, your God is too distant. Your God is too angry and judgmental. Your God is too exclusive. I am really excited about this sermon series. The idea of who God is to you and who God is to me is something that I have been thinking about a lot over the last few years. And as I've been reading and preparing for this message, I have 
seen my faith be energized, and um, I'm excited about my faith in new ways. And so I hope this sermon series will spark some new ideas for you. I hope it will help you ask some questions about how you view God. And every week we're going to be providing some questions for you, questions that you can maybe talk through with your family and your friends, and we call that our reflection guide. You can get that guide in a couple different ways. You can see it in the comments this morning on Facebook or YouTube. You can text the number 816-608-6270, and we'll send a copy of it to you. You can also find it on our website at woodschapelbluesprings.org and scroll to the current series section. So I want to pose some questions to you today. How did you develop your concept of God? Where did you get your ideas of God from? Is it from things that were taught to you? Is it from things that you've read? Maybe from someone else's opinion? Is it from experiences that you've had? Share with us in the comments. Tell us how you've developed your concept of God. I was given a good foundation for faith and for understanding of God. I was raised in a wonderful, wonderful church. We went to church every Sunday. I went to Sunday school every week. I always got the perfect attendance pins every year. I was active in youth group. I sang in the church choir. Uh, by the way, my mom has directed that choir for over 40 years. Another fun fact about me, I played the pipe organ in high school. The church that I grew up in has a beautiful pipe organ, and I played it all four years of high school. So I had a really good foundation about God, but the thing that I realized was that my understanding of God didn't necessarily grow as I grew. I kept somewhat of a child, a childlike perception of God. I didn't ask questions or dig deep into my faith. And the first time that I realized that maybe my viewpoint of God was too small was when I was in college and I forgot to say the bedtime prayer. And I still woke up the next morning. And I, I, I started to lose some of that superstition that I had about God. The second time that I specifically remember thinking that my God might be too small was when I traveled to Nicaragua for the first time. Our church had sent a team to go visit our partner community there. And our very first day, the first thing that we did, we went to the community center and we met with some of the leaders there. And the community center was just a small, simple cinder block building. It's kind of the heart of the community. It's where doctors come once a week to host medical clinics. It's where food is given to the families. And we prayed with those community leaders. And I remember being struck 
by the fact that my prayers sounded so much different than their prayers. My concerns were so much different than their concerns. I had viewed God's uh, blessing, I guess, in my life as having a nice house and nice cars to drive. And they had homes that were made of sticks that had pieces of tarp over them. They had floors that were made of dirt that became muddy every time it rained because their houses were made of sticks and the rain came into their homes. I had several cars and they didn't even have a bike to ride. I had multiple bathrooms in my home and they didn't have access to clean water. And I realized how much my God, my view of God was shaped by the American culture. I realized how much my view of God was shaped by culture and biases and economic and political systems. How many of you have uh, prayers to God that are based on your biases, on your culture, on your political and economic systems? Richard Rohr is a Franciscan priest, and he says that normally we find it very difficult to let God be greater than our culture and our immediate needs. The human ego wants to keep things firmly in its grasp, so we've created a God who fits into our small systems. Two years ago was the first time that I definitely realized that my viewpoint of God was too small. It was at this time that my mom was diagnosed with cancer, and my loud and constant cries were not being answered. Hundreds of people were praying with me, and our prayers were not being answered. I prayed that the doctors were incorrect, that her cancer diagnosis was, was not correct, but it was. I prayed that it would be a very treatable form of cancer, but it's not. I prayed that it wouldn't spread to other parts of her body, but it already had. I prayed for a miracle. I prayed that God would take away her cancer. And here we are two years later, and she still has cancer. The God that I thought I knew would have stepped in. The God that I thought I knew would have taken the cancer. And I began to question, and my faith began to unravel. I realized that the God that I had been praying to, my viewpoint of God, was similar to that of a Santa Claus. If I was just good enough, then God would grant my wishes. I couldn't reconcile this idea that God, uh, in, in Luke 12, 7, we hear that God knows how many hairs we have on our head. And I couldn't reconcile this idea that if he knows how many hairs on our head, then why wouldn't he step in and take the cancer? I don't think that my perception of God is uncommon. 
Without recognizing it, many people have an idea of God that looks like a Santa Claus with a bearded guy in the sky who, who answers our requests if we're good. Genesis 1.27 says that God created man in his own image. And Richard Rohr says we've twisted that by creating God in our image. We take that scripture not in a bad way, but to try to make sense of God. In our minds, we create our, our God to be human-like. We create him to be a being who has magic powers. An understanding of a God like this, an understanding of a God who is too small like this, it falls apart quickly when cancer happens. It falls apart quickly when a spouse leaves. It falls apart quickly when a loved one dies. How many of you have ever experienced a loss of faith or a doubting of God because of a life-changing event? It's at, it's at times like these especially that we want to make sense of the world. We want to make sense of our role in the world. We want to make sense of God's role in it. And as I look back at these pivotal prayers in my life, the, the nighttime prayers, the prayers in Nicaragua, the prayers for my mom, I realized how much I was trying to comprehend. I was trying to make sense of God in a way that worked for me. But very recently, I'm becoming more and more comfortable with some new thought patterns. Thoughts like, God is bigger than my understanding. St. Augustine in the 4th century said, if you can comprehend it, it is not God. If you can comprehend it, it is not God. And I'm starting to see that when we try to rationalize things, to make sense of them, to understand why they happen, that we put God in a box. When we describe God through our lens, we make God narrow. We make God small to match our limited human understanding. But the thing is, is that our minds are not capable of comprehending God. Another one of those concepts that's hard to understand is that God permeates everything. Ephesians 4, 6 says that God is in and through all things. Paul said in Colossians 1, that Christ is in you. God can be found in everything and in everyone. He isn't separate from us. He isn't up in the sky. He is with us. He is in us. Humans are made in the image of God. In their moral, spiritual, and intellectual nature, God has attributes like creativity and love, and so do we. God is in us. And in Colossians 3.10, it talks about, about putting away our old way of life, 
that we are now in Christ, we are now in God, it says you have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge, in the image of its creator. Here there is no Gentile or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and is in all. Experiencing God is almost indescribable to think that he is in us. We use words. We look to the Bible to help us understand, but language is restricting. Language is narrow. We say God is love, but in many languages, there are multiple words to describe love. In our English language, it's just one word. Language is is limiting it. And so to, to try to describe God through words can narrow God. God is so much bigger than our human minds are capable of understanding. A friend asked me a few weeks ago if I believe in God. If I really, really believe in God. And I told her yes. When I look at creation around me, I see evidence of God. I see God in biological and physical science. I see God in astronomy. I see God in the complex things of this world, things that I can observe. And I see God in the complex things of this world that I cannot see. Adam Hamilton says in his book, Creed, that when the atheist considers the universe, our planet, and life on the planet, there will always be a natural explanation that does not require God. Some X factor that helps to explain the inexplicable. For Christians, this X factor, this unforeseen force behind the existence and development of the universe is God. He goes on to say, I believe in God in part because I am, because I think and reason and love and perceive. I believe that my very existence and yours points to something greater than we are. In the end, we have to weigh the data we have, including the world as it is, our experiences as they are, and the witness of those around me, and then decide whether or not we choose to believe. We will never fully comprehend God. We must learn to be okay with this. That does not mean that we should make God small so that God makes sense to us. Instead, we can expand our viewpoints. We can continue to ask questions and grow in our understanding of God and the love of God. God doesn't change, but our perception of God can. And so we began with a prayer this morning, and I want to end with a prayer. It's a prayer that many Methodists say at the beginning of a new year. It was originally written by John Wesley. It's called the Wesley Covenant Prayer. 
The version that we are going to say this morning is a modern version written by Craig Finistad, who is a pastor and a friend from Omaha, Nebraska. This prayer is a renewed dedication to God. I want to invite you to pray along. Thanks for listening to this week's message. We hope you'll join us again next week. 